Real quick, let me just start off by saying this is Peter Rosenberg, your forever 24-7 champion, host of the Cheap Heat Podcast. And I want to shout out the Will Wonder Podcast. You know what I wonder? What amazing takes will be given today on this show? Will I ever get the nod, the invite to be a guest on this show? Will I ever feel like coming on the show if I get that invite? We don't know. But you're checking out the Will Wonder Podcast. What is up, everybody? Episode 85 of the Will Wonder Pod. Uh, As you can tell, I didn't win the Mega Millions, so we are back for episode 85, 85 weeks straight. Thank you so much for listening. Off the top, I'm going to do this. I know this is uh, thirsty, some would say, but if you enjoy this podcast, it would mean a lot to me. If you haven't already to go to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating and write a review. Takes maybe 30 seconds out of your day. Or if you listen on Spotify, simply just leave a five-star rating. No reviews on there. So that takes even less. That takes maybe 28 seconds. Probably under 28 seconds, but I would appreciate that. So again, Apple Podcasts. Uh, leave a five-star rating and review. Spotify, simply a five-star rating. Okay, thirst session over. Uh, real quick, the good fellas over at the Lake Talk 801 have been putting in a lot of work. I've uh, talked about them before. I actually went on an episode of theirs. They're right to their 100th episode, but they're holding off on that because one of their members, the real Ruby, was hit uh, by a car on his motorcycle. So wanted to send all the love and well wishes to Ruby. I know he's going through surgery, uh, from what I was told and, uh, just, you know, pulling for him. Hope everything turns out. Okay. From what I understand, he should be all good, but, um, injured his pelvis, injured his arm. So shout out to you, Ruby, much love, uh, from the will wonder pod. And I hope and wish a very speedy recovery for you, my guy. A couple of important birthdays this week. Let me get those out of the way. Uh, Shout out to my guy, Zach. It is his birthday this week. 35. I don't want to put you out there like that. Happy birthday to you. Uh, Candice Reynolds, my sister. Happy birthday to you this week. And then, man, the one, the only, the best mother-in-law on the face of the earth. Rosemary, happy birthday week to you. Excited to celebrate uh, this weekend. All right. What's been going on with me? Oh, had a very, very intense Sunday morning workout. Went and grabbed myself a uh, a 20-pound vest. And I'm going to be real with you. The 20 pounds felt like it was like 40 to 50 when I was running through the workout. But had a great workout. What was so cool about this workout uh, as I had mentioned last week, I had made the Dean's list at school for the second time now, second time in a row, but the fellas that I work out with that I put on these workouts for, uh, Dre Rocka, Sebastian, Cam, Macon, uh, and hosts are beefy, excuse me, host beefy from the beans and rice podcast. Uh, they all went in and got me a, a, a gift card and it was a, you know, it was a great amount, something that I wasn't expecting, uh, but I'm very appreciative for. So shout out to those guys for that. I'm just going to have to make the Danes list once a week now, I guess. It's not possible, but just announce it that way anyway. See what else I can get. <laughs> uh, no, but thank you guys very much. Really appreciate it. And uh, excited to get back to that Sunday workout. This Sunday with that vest, add a couple of new things. I was sweating 
sweating. You think 20 pounds, you're like, yeah, that's not a ton of weight, but it it felt like a lot, if I'm going to be real. Uh, and shout out to Hoop from the um, who does all the football podcasts with us. He came out for his first week and um, did a did a great job, but he said he was hurting the next day. Speaking of hoop, can't talk about hoop on here. Talk about NFL discussions if we don't talk about my guy Chacon. NFL preseason starts this week, and Chacon and I have had an exhausting amount of vigorous arguments about this upcoming season. I'm actually tired. I just, prior to recording this episode right here, I got off a 35 minute call with him and it's so hard to get words in it. You all remember Chacon, right? And he's going to be back this uh, this upcoming season as well as Hoop to talk football, but God damn, I'm tired guys. I'm, I'm tired, but I'm very, very hyped for the NFL season to get underway. We'll have that season preview for you uh, the first episode of September. So just an FYI there. What else? Man, NBA talk, it's dismal, right? Like nothing is going on other than guys going to different pro-ams and playing in them. Um, Trade talks are slow as hell. Nothing to really talk about as far as the NBA goes, other than, of course, we lost a legend in the game of basketball. In the game of life, really, uh, this past week, I was with my son at the aquarium on Sunday when the news broke, and it it was like, man, like, obviously, I didn't get to watch Bill Russell play, but his, his legend and what he did for the game and what he did for humanity, it's a big loss, right? He was 88 years old. They said he passed peacefully. But it's still one of those things where when someone like that is lost, it kind of kind of uh, affects people in a certain way, right? Like, I know it's my father-in-law. He, he says he's the greatest player of all time, right? Let's go over some of his accomplishments. And this is just some of them. <laughs> 11 NBA championships, which is the most all-time, any player. Two NBA titles as a player head coach. That was in 68-69. Uh, first black head coach in NBA history. NBA Finals MVP trophy was named after him beginning in 2009. Two NCAA championships with the University of San Francisco, where I don't want to I don't want to mess this up. I need to pull up this note because the actual winning percentage that he had was insane. So University of San Francisco record 71 and eight with those two NCAA championships. Lost eight games in all of his collegiate career. Crazy. Uh, Two-time first-team All-American at USF. 1956 Summer Olympics gold medalist. That gold, that team went 8-0, and their average margin of victory was 53.5 points. <laughs> uh, you can't even do that in NBA 2K, like on a on an easy level, right? Uh, 2011 Presidential Medal Medal of Freedom recipient, five NBA MVP awards, which is the second most all-time. 2019 NBA Lifetime Achievement Award, 11 All-NBA selections, 12 NBA All-Star selections, 1963 NBA All-Star Game MVP. He had 21,620 career rebounds, 21-0 record in winner-take-all games. So essentially... 
game sevens or game fives, I guess, in the NBA Olympic medal rounds and NCAA tournament. 10-0 record in NBA game sevens. Obviously, that goes into that 21-0. Only player named to the NBA's official 25th, 35th, 50th, and 75th anniversary teams. Member of the Naismith Memorial College and FIBA Hall of Fames. It's a lot, right? A lot for hoops. But what he did for the civil rights movement and people in general uh, was probably even more impactful. Just an incredible human being. And I want to play this small clip uh, from Barack Obama speaking on Bill Russell. Bill Russell, the man, is someone who stood up for the rights and dignity of all men. He marched with King. He stood by Ali. When a restaurant refused to serve the black Celtics, he refused to play in the scheduled game. He endured insults and vandalism, but he kept on focusing on making the teammates who he loved better players and made possible the success of so many who would follow. Pretty incredible human being. If you don't know a lot about Bill Russell or anything at all, really, other than what I just rambled off there, I would suggest you go back uh, and just do some research on him. Again, what he did for the civil rights movement, being a leader in sports, um, was huge. So go back and listen to that. Rest in peace, Bill Russell, one of the greatest to do it. All right. What we got coming up is a very fun record shop. It's one of my favorite albums of all time. Very important album to me, which I still listen to constantly. Uh, we're going to do a record shop of Scarface's The Fix. So we're coming up on its 20th anniversary this week. I'm joined by my guy, Host, from the Beans and Rice podcast. After that, Host is going to try to get some redemption. You may remember Host coming on the podcast with the full Beans and Rice team. Uh, and they did awful in the hurdle. Not as bad as my guy, Macon, but pretty bad. So Hose is here for redemption, and you're going to have to wait and see if he gets that redemption. After that, we'll be back with an I Wonder. But first, a word from my guy, Dre Rocca. Hey, so I, mean, I don't got a lot of time. I'm being held hostage right now. I'm listening to other podcasts. I know I just had to sneak away to listen to this one right here. This is really my favorite podcast. But hey, look, if you ever are uh, in need of any other entertainment, uh, look for me. My name is uh, Dre Rocca. Uh, my, you can follow me at Dre Rocca. That's D R E R A. I gotta hurry up. A A A. D R E R A W K A. Allrock.com. Check me out. I do a podcast too. It's called Unrestricted. We do a lot of fun stuff. Stop. Listen, laugh, love, the unrestricted podcast with Dre Rocca, available now on Spotify, Apple Podcast, YouTube, literally anywhere you consume podcast, except SoundCloud because that's repugnant, oh, and drop a five-star review and receive 10 years good luck, fail to do so and your genitals will fall off. Welcome back to the record shop. We are here to celebrate a very important anniversary, but before I tell you the album, as if I didn't give it to you in the intro, or as if you didn't see the cover art for this episode. I need to introduce my co-host for this record shop, my guy, Hose, the Butter Pecan. Puerto Rican. From the Beans and Rice podcast. Hose, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you for joining me. I know you're a hip-hop head. Uh, uh, I'd probably go with enthusiast, not hip-hop enth- head. Well, but. I mean, you had a hip-hop podcast. Yeah, yeah. shortly lived, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's get into it. Today, 
we are talking Scarface's The Fix. We are approaching the 20th anniversary, August 6th, which is fucking crazy to me because this album came out. I was going into uh, my junior year of high school, and I did not stop playing it. Like, it was a constant fixture in my junior year. You're always putting this on? Always. This, a couple other albums, uh, Clips Lord Willen came out at a very similar time. Yeah. Did not stop playing them. Um, so I'm excited to celebrate this. Before we get into it, what is your first memory of Scarface? Funny enough, it's a song from this album. I'm sure you can oh, guess which okay. one it is. Um, it's arguably the, the, I mean, I don't know if you can even argue it. It is the most popular song on this album, I'd, I'd wager. It's uh, Guess Who's Back. Mm. Uh, being a Jay fan, I started, you know, getting into Jay when I was probably 12, 13 is like when I discovered his music. Okay. Uh, we discussed this before off air. LimeWire yeah. was a big thing, right? Oh, so course. his discography was always the stuff I was looking at. A lot of East, uh, East coast rappers is my, my thing. I oh, prefer yeah. East coast over. I do like West coast, but East coast all day, every day. I do like South too, which Scarface is, is big, but I didn't discover this song until I was about 16. Oh, okay. So this was, I guess that's 2006, so four years after the album dropped. Oh, okay. And uh, so my buddy put me on it, and we always called it the ice cream truck beat because it sounds kind of <laughs> yeah. like an ice oh, cream truck. Oh, for sure, yeah. And obviously, we at that point, Kanye had already dropped his, oh, he was, his album. He was yeah. well-known at that point. And so the fact that this was a Kanye-produced track, you have Jay spitting on it, Yeah. you see at the end. Yeah, so it was, it was like a culmination of all those people that I already knew about a lot of their music. Yeah. And it's almost like a you, a time cap so you go back and see, oh, I didn't discover it. It's always super fun. That's awesome. That's awesome. This is, I loved this song. And I remember getting it off of LimeWire. Yeah. Um, probably like, because it, it was a, officially released in April of that year. And I think it was like February. And, you know, everything leaked super early. And I was like, damn, this is great and i really like kanye west yeah i, I mean <laughs> i kanye always, west guy i've never had apple phone products i had like ipods and sure and those things but so with android not having certain restrictions mm-hmm. i allegedly <laughs> legally downloaded that song onto my phone <laughs> so i could play it and i'd have it as a ringtone too so i love it such a good song yeah i, j- I gave my uh you know my computer at the time some type of i don't you wouldn't call it an std you'd call it like a dtd downloaded Transferable disease. Oh, <laughs> bro. <yeah. laughs> Everyone's PC. If you had LimeWare, you basically you had the Magic Johnson PC, okay? That's just, just infected galore. For, for real. Uh, when I think back to my first time of hearing Scarface, I remember there was a short time that we had cable. And I remember my brother watching UMTV raps, and I didn't realize who it was, right? But it was this song here, Mine's Playing Tricks on Me, which is one of the best, like, to me, one of the best rap songs ever. This sample's so good, too. Oh, ridiculous. The way, and then also the way that they tell the story in here. Scarface wrote uh, Bushwick Bill's yeah. verse, which is, I mean, just so creepy, right? And the yeah. music video was so creepy, and I loved it because I was into that type of stuff, as, and I still am. Yeah. But as a kid, I loved Halloween time. He says, Halloween fell on the weekend. Me and ghetto boys are trick-or-treating. Yeah, he paints pictures in all his like music oh, when he so, wants to. So it's incredible. So good. And, and we'll, we'll get to that for sure. By the way, a newer, or I don't know what year he sampled it, but Kodak Black sampled that little. Yeah, there's little, been a lot of samples yeah. uh, with that uh, uh, rapper here in Salt Lake City, Chino For Real, had a big song, probably one of the biggest songs out of Salt Lake called I Remember, and they used that same sampled sample. That, yeah. um, but with that said, I didn't know that that was Scarface. 
right? I didn't, as a kid, I had no idea. The first time I remember, remember seeing Scarface was this song. Smile with Tupac. This is after Tupac passed. In the music video, they have Tupac up on a cross or a guy that looks just like him. Yeah. And it's dark, and you're like, this is creepy. I thought it was a Tupac song. Though. Yeah. But it's Scarface, Johnny P, who does a, did a lot of work with Do or Die, Twista, really good. Uh, like the, this is, might be blasphemy, but he's like the uh, Chicago version of Nate Dogg, right? Did I all think, the I don't think it's blasphemy. Yeah. I think that's fair. Great song here, though, but that's the first time I remember really remember seeing Scarface because that was like uh, fourth or fifth grade for me. Oh, that's early for you, yeah. Yeah, seeing The Box because at that time we didn't have cable, but The Box was, you, do you remember The Box? I do remember The Box. Okay. I just had to be careful because my parents weren't into uh, the whole swearing stuff. So oh, okay. Hip-hop wasn't necessarily like the best thing. I had to burn CDs, right? If you don't know what that is, yeah. uh, Google it. I think that's sad <laughs> to know that I'm that old. But So I'd have it in my CD player. I'd listen to it and... So I have to like listen to it kind of a la escondida, like uh, hiding. Oh, okay. So. Got you. Yeah. My mom at uh, in the early days, so obviously my brother had tons of albums. I would listen to those with him. And then I remember when they started to come out with edited CDs, and my mom made me buy those for like a year. Sure. And I was just like, come on. It's not the same. Come on, mom. And then she was like, all right, just don't say what they say, which – Obviously worked great because I never fucking swear now. You yeah, know? <laughs> <laughs> you kept true to your word. Yeah, I waited until I was out of the house. Just yeah. kidding. Um, where so moving on? Where does Scarface fit in your top MCs? Right, everyone has a list, but would you put him in your top ten? Where, where does he sit? Uh, I could make an argument for him in top ten. Okay, I guess I wouldn't say I explore his discography discography is n- enough and know it to the point where I would say comfortably he's in my top ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as far as, like, if you're going to go with, like, East Coast, well, if you're into the whole thing, I would say undeniably he is the top from the South. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people would argue uh, Tip. I'm sorry, no. Oh. People would argue Andre. Yeah. I'm sorry he doesn't have enough of a solo career thing doing yep. his own thing. That's like a, a duo with Big Boy. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think I people sleep on Big Boy. Lyrically, he is just as good oh, I love as yeah. 3000. But – he just doesn't have that like unique style to him, mm-hmm. and I think that's what separates Andre. But Scarface is the best from uh, best out of the South. He, in as far as top ten MCs ever, I'd say he probably deserves to be top ten MCs. Okay, yeah. The guy can tell a story like nobody's business, yeah. and, and I'll kind of speak on that based on some of the topics you gave me to discuss. Yeah, and but not in my top ten. Okay. But as far like if I had to say ab- absolute most important, most uh, prolific. Um, skilled he is easy top 10 yeah personal no but if i had to like give props he is top 10 yeah so if you would have asked me this at like excuse me at like um maybe 18 or 19 i wouldn't have had him in there right but i've gone back especially post fix i've gone back and listened to all of his early stuff with the ghetto boys as well and then everything since then now his stuff since then you know, his albums slowly start to fall off sure. as far as quality, but there, you can still find real gems in some of those. So to me, like I've, I've, I, if you ask me my top five, he's always in there. He's okay. always at, at four. He goes Jay, Big, Nas, Scarface, and then five just rotates depending on what the hell I'm listening to at the moment. But, but like you said, out of the South, has to be one of the most important rap figures ever. Um, him, the Ghetto Boys, and UGK. UGK's from Port Arthur, obviously. 
but that's like an hour away. Sure. And they're always lumped in with that Houston rap. I don't think you would have people like, you know, you go back to like the early or the mid 2000s, you wouldn't have people like Paul Wall, Slim Thug, Chameleon Air, and you go to now, Travis Scott, Make the Stallion. I don't know if you would have artists like those if there wasn't a Scarface, Ghetto Boys, and UGK because they kind of expanded the South. I'm sure at some point it would get there, but it probably would have been a much slower process. Yeah, and I want people to understand too, like when I say top, my uh, basis or uh, baseline is usually like lyricism, right? Um, and technicality and all that stuff. Yeah. As far as popularity, obviously he's not like mainstream popular. You yeah. wouldn't ask like people that, oh, I love hip hop, and they're like the basic things, right? Yeah. They probably might not know a song from him, but right. as far as importance to, if you look at bar for bar, if you read it like a book, it's, it's a damn good book. Yeah, exactly. It's very, very, very descriptive. Um, okay, so The Fix, seventh studio album from Scarface, released again August 6, 2002, debuted at number four on the Billboard 200 charts, uh, sold over 160,000 copies in its first week, back when you had to go buy albums. <laughs> Physical copies, physical no copies of it. albums. You could, yeah. I mean, there what you could download shit, but you you weren't getting a whole album, especially early. Most times in two thousand and two, that kind of changed around oh four oh five ish. Um, the album features Jay Z, Beanie Siegel, Nas, Faith Evans, Dub C, Kelly Price, Kelly Price. Yep, um, on two songs. Uh, producers Mike Dean, who's very influential. Now, especially with Kanye, with Travis Scott, Mike Dean has his hands all over their stuff. Uh, that came out weird. But anyways, also <laughs> Kanye West, Tony Pizarro, Knotts, the Neptunes, uh, a couple of other producers. Um, so let's, I'm just going to back up a little bit. Scarface was coming off of his gold-selling album, The Last of a Dying Breed, which to me, the best song on that album was this. Look me in my eyes, tell me what you see. So Scarface, uh, up until, I mean, even on The Fix, they, they, I feel like they coined him as like a, almost like a horror rap artist, a yeah. horror MC, or like a dark, just talked about scary shit. <laughs> and most times that's what it was. Uh, and Look Into My Eyes is That Way, Hand of a Dead Body, a bunch of stuff pre-fix, and again, there is some stuff in here as well. So he's coming off of that album, but he also was anointed the president of Def Jam South, which he was responsible for signing this guy. So he signs Ludacris, and then even in the number one spot, you know, yeah, baby. later on, this is yeah. Luda's fourth album. He shouts out Scarface. For those who don't remember, I'm going to get to it real quick. Uncle Face, signing him to Def Jam South. So a big move there. He did that for a couple years, and then it kind of dissolved, which is kind of weird because Ludacris was huge, Yeah, right? DTP was big. Uh, Scarface's album, The Fix, was on Def Jam South. Uh, but it kind of went away after that. I'm not sure exactly what happened there, but probably something to do with funny money and then moving money around. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> Def Jam has been so big and so so small and big and back and forth all over. So let's jump into the album. Album starts out the fix, the intro, which is just a very somber, kind of creepy. I'm not sure who's singing here. 
Says everything changed in my head, flowing through my veins. I feel so loved. It's like melancholy type vibes. Yeah. I like it with a sense of hope when the guy, I don't know who the guy singing is, but it's yeah. like very soul-esque. Mm -hmm. It's like that little sliver of hope in the exactly. dire circumstance. Very, and still creepy. Of course. You know what I'm saying? Just to stick with the theme of Scarface in his career. This album has a good atmosphere in all the beats for the most part. Yeah. Like, it, it built an atmosphere around it. It's I, not flat. I absolutely love almost every beat. I mean, I love every beat on this album. So we have The Fix. No sample on that that I could find, which is interesting because it feels like there has to be something there that they're sampling. Nothing. Nothing online. Nothing on who sampled, which is yeah. the fucking <laughs> go-to. So we hop into the second song, which is Safe. So Safe is produced by China Black. It also samples I've Got Nothing to Lose But the Blues by Gwen McRae. We get right around a minute and 20 seconds into this song and you'll hear exactly what they took. And again, like you said, just every beat on this, like you start out with the fix, the intro, it's very, like you said, kind of melancholy and just like what is happening, <laughs> uh, dark, and then you go into safe, which gives you a, like, okay, now I'm up. Yeah. What am I doing? Well, this one thing I, I think I, I don't want to be like artistically trying to, but I mean, that's yeah, just yeah, kind of yeah. what I do. Yeah, yeah. I feel like every beat has like a darker tone to it and they always have either a little sample, uh, whether it be, uh, or just a sliver. So it's in this one you hear, I lost everything I had. Mm -hmm. That one is like dreary, but then you have like this upbeat guitar strumming yeah. that like, as you may, like you sit up and it's like a sense of desperation like okay yeah. i gotta go do something otherwise i'm gonna get stuck yeah i love that next song we go to track three which is we'll get to our favorites later one of my favorites in cold blood <sighs> cold bars oh my god this Produce song gave me probably the biggest headache on picking one of like the yeah. best verse that we'll be talking about but produced by kanye Prime young Kanye, just like hungry, hungry Kanye, Kanye yeah. just happy to get some beats out. Scarface talks about that in an interview uh, that I watched prepping for this. He said, they said, why do you think The Fix is like considered your best album? And he's like, well, I was at a really good spot in my life, but I also found a young Kanye West that was really hungry and wanted, was just happy to work. The Kanye effect. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. This, uh, In Cold Blood samples, and This Is Love by Gladys Knight and the Pips. Another very creepy, like... This is actually one of two songs that I 100% knew about samples before I even Googled it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the other one happens to be in Guess Who. Oh, yeah. Or Guess Who's Back. Guess Who's Back. Yeah. So, great song there at number three. Number four, the song you had brought up, Guess Who's Back. Zach. Definitely knew the sample the moment I heard it. God. Produced by Kanye, obviously. Featuring Jay-Z and Beanie Siegel. Doesn't he sample the explosive uh, drum patterns? Yes. Yep. So you have uh, three samples on this. 
Number one is Sunrise by The Originals, which... Sunrise warming in your glow, yeah. Listen to that. It's a good shower song, by the way. <laughs> I know that's something maybe creepy between TMI. It's a good shower no, song. No, it's, I mean, that, that water hitting you, you're just smiling, ready for the day. I feel it. And then, like you said, of course, those drums on explosive. <sighs> the same beat, also, Bag Lady. <laughs> Erica Badu. Remember when I heard Bag Lady, I was like, what the hell's happening here? Because <laughs> it was so close to this. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, also, another classic hip-hop song. One of my favorite, and I feel like a very slept-on MC because his albums didn't hold up, uh, all of his albums, but this particular album was one of my favorites. This is Hey Young World by Slick Rick off of the great adventures of Slick Rick. They also sampled this. This is another MC who's very descriptive. Like, if you haven't dipped into The Great Adventures of Slick Rick, the whole album, it's like a movie. I only know about him, funny enough, because of Kanye, when he goes, hey, young world, I'm the new Slick Rick. So I had to look up Slick okay. Rick. Okay, yeah. <laughs> bro, this album, definitely one you need to sit with and just check out, because it's, it's great. Uh, we'll move on to the next song. And again, we're going to go over all of these, um, in, uh, some categories, but I wanted to get through the songs and the samples. Uh, next up, My Block, which was... Just a fucking enormous song. So My Block was the second official single uh, off of the album. Guess Who's Back was the first. This is produced by Lee Stone and Nasheen Mirik. It samples Be Real Black For Me by Donny Hathaway and Roberta Flack. Donny Hathaway. So smooth. Great music video. Just Scarface walking through, I'm, I'm assuming like a block in Houston, but all kinds of shit going on and him just... That's funny because I don't watch music videos. That's a discussion Beefy and I always have because I'm like, mm. I've only probably watched a handful of music videos. I'd, I'd, I'd rather just listen to it. Yeah. So when I listen to songs, I have an own video playing in my own head. Yeah. So that's why I like beats so much. Yeah, that, and that's what's great about... I mean, we talk about him and how descriptive he is. You can play your own shit in your head from his from these songs. Um, you know, back in like, back in my day, back in like 2000 to 2000, and I would say four. I would say 04 was probably around the time that video started for whatever reason to fall off a little bit and budgets weren't as big as they used to be, probably because of illegal downloading, right? Mm -hmm. But music videos before that could change a song. It was I'm nuts. Sure. Yeah. And and now you can watch a music video on YouTube. I don't they don't even really have music video shows that, that I'm aware of, right? Um, but it used to be where it could just it could just change change a song from being just meh to fucking enormous. Yeah, the visuals I'm sure are big. Yeah. Uh, uh the next song we have is Keep Me Down. Uh Keep Me Down is produced by Knotts, who's just a slept on producer, if I'm gonna be honest. Did a lot of work with G Unit. Do that first verse. It's hard. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm mean, all the verses are hard to play for a sec. We made something from nothing and vowed to never tear it apart. We turned the street hustle into an art that would quickly change life forever for us. No more riding bikes and catching the bus. We on the roll up, money to fold up. 
with cognac and cook. Yo, they got the neighborhood about to blow up. But hold up, I see this van sitting. This old cat in a fitting trying to get to So if you can't picture what he's saying, then maybe, you know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe you just aren't into hip hop. <laughs> that or maybe you just have to pause every four bars yeah, to like dissect it, it a little Yeah, that's bit. true. That's he does true. say quite a bit within yeah. his bars. Um, Keep Me Down samples The Cuckoo by Tom Rush. Did you get it? Have you heard this? Uh-uh. It's exactly like it sounds. Hey, <laughs> but this is actually, a, I mean, I'd never heard of this guy, Tom Rush. This is a very cold, I mean, that guitar, I'm assuming it's him. Yeah. But listen to that. Like, why wouldn't you sample that? Yeah. <laughs> it's a copy and paste at that point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. She is a pretty bird. The content of the song is kind of weird, though. Yeah. All right, next up. <laughs> Uh, is What Can I Do featuring Kelly Price, produced by T-Mix. Really, really great record here. Um, listening listening to it again, it's just another song where you understand like what a lyricist is. It's a powerful song. With what he's saying, um, it's very true to Scarface. It's a bit dark. Talks about the end of days at one point. Talks about all the good and bad things that happen like simultaneously he talks uh, in, in in one verse I think it's the second verse where he talks about a baby being born and how wonderful it is and taking their first breath and the mom kills the kid and in the other in the other scenario the mom kills the kid and it's like Jesus like I wonder what goes on in his head you know what I'm saying when he's writing some of this stuff like is it something to where he has been through it or is he just he just soaks everything in you know I I would hope he hasn't gone through a lot of the stuff that he talks about. <laughs> Being from where he's from, I'd imagine he's seen at least 70% of this. That's very true. Um, you know, a lot of rappers boast about, uh, especially when they talk about drugs in their music, that they were big-time drug dealers. Yeah. I was watching another interview with him, and it was going into, he had a beef with Little Troy, who, if you remember Little Troy, uh, I want to be a baller, shot caller. Yes, yeah. Only song I thought he had. Pastor Troy. But oh, that's yeah, not Pastor, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, he was talking about how Lil Troy was a big-time drug dealer when they were gr- coming up. And they were like, well, you know, what about you? He's like, nah, we didn't. We sold drugs, but $1,000 a month yeah. <laughs> was what we were making. Yeah. So I, I appreciate that from him not glamorizing it by any means, but also at the same time be just being real. Yeah. And like, yeah, this is what we made. It is what it is. All right, next up, In Between Us, featuring Nas... Produced by Scarface and Mike Dean. It's so cold how Nas comes in. It is. We're going to let it play for a moment. It's like pre-era 2000 Nas that I hear on this track, too. Mm-hmm. Or pre-2000 era. Yeah. So one thing to note about this album, this comes out in 2002. A lot of it's recorded in 01. Yeah. Scarface is the only rapper to have Jay-Z and Nas on the same album. You're taking a lot of the stuff I wrote down, okay? Okay, my bad. No, my you're bad. fine. Go ahead. <laughs> Just... But if you think about it, they they were at each other's neck. It's the biggest hip hop feud of all time. Yeah, Tupac and Biggie might. Well, I think that one the mo- most cataclysmic because okay. of death. But as far as like long standing feud with two titans just constantly yeah. going at what that was five six years. Yeah, you're right. And that's the biggest feud ever. And then Jay signed him, so Jay won the battle for all those who say <laughs> Nas won. Um, 
but I think that goes to speak about how much how how respected Scarface was as an MC and at this time. Yeah, both like sure I'll go hop yeah. on. Yep, I got you. Uh, no no sample on that one. No sample That's that I good. could find. Pretty interesting. Uh, Scarface does play the guitar, so on some of these he is playing the guitar. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, next up, Someday, another great track with Faith Evans. It's produced by, you can hear it, you can hear it in the, the Neptunes. This was their sound in O2 from A little strummy Scarface to sound. fucking Britney Spears to Jay. It all was very similar. And then, I mean, they had hits and hits and hits, but then they really expanded their sound after this. But, I mean, if you were if you were there, you knew this was Neptunes without looking it up. Uh, no, no sample on this one either. Great song, though, featuring Faith. Um, next one we'll go into is Sellout. I think this is the most, I'm not going to say out of place beat compared uh-huh. to the rest of the beats on the uh, yes. album. But I like it. It makes it stand yeah. out a little bit more. This is produced by T-Mix. Uh, and this this sample, it's one of the most sampled songs in my head in hip-hop for a number of different parts in the song, but it's the Ohio Player's Funky Worm. She's here, Mr. Johnson. So give it a minute, and you're going to know all the different... You're going to hear, like, seven different songs as we go through this. What? Say it now. Games used it. So, Crisscross, De La Souls, oh, Crisscross's Jump, excuse me, De La Souls, Me, Myself, and I, NWA's Dope Man are some of the more popular ones. Game, I think it was Comp- Compton that he sampled that. Uh, but it's been sampled 273 times in hip-hop. Yeah. So a very, very sampled, I mean, just fucking sampled, sampled record. Not quite to the level of Sister Nancy Bam Bam, but it's up there as one of those. Uh, next song we go to is... Heaven, featuring Kelly Price. Second time we hear Kelly Price on the album. Produced by T-Mix and Kanye. So this song samples uh, that Heaven kind of feeling by the dramatics. Now, you can't find that on any DSP. (laughs) So I don't know if T-Mix really went into his digging bag for this. um, But it's not out. You can find it on YouTube. Um, this is another track where Scarface talks about death, how he plans on kind of dedicating everything to his wife going forward and how you really can't trust friends, which is kind of fucked up. He was going through some stuff with Bushwick Bill around this time. Okay. Uh, they did come out with the Ghetto Boys album, I believe in uh, late 03 or 04, where they kind of made up. But him and Bushwick had some problems, and then it kind of caused a wedge between him and Willie D as well. Obviously, everything's good now. Bushwick is no longer... Uh, alive, but him and Willie D are are all good. Um, next up, pretty much the last song on the album, I Ain't the One featuring Dub C. Dub C. Face Bob. Just a hard Southside. record, right? Still has that creepy element, especially in the hook. Um, this was produced by Tony Pizarro and Flip. Not sure who Flip is. Tried to look up his other catalog. Didn't find much. When he grew up, they called him Lil Flip. Okay, it's not Lil Flip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was the opposite. Yeah. When he got older, he, he became Lil. Button, yeah, know? he had Benjamin Button disease. Uh, this samples two songs, uh, but the most famous would be 
I Ain't the One by N.W.A. Off a straight out of Compton classic album. The album ends with Fixed, which is the outro. And same creepy beginning, same uh, instrumental essentially as the beginning. It's almost like Alfred Hitchcock movies mm-hmm. where he gives you the end of the beginning and yeah. then at the end he shows you the end again. Yep. When this album came out, I remember going to buy it. The Tuesday it came out, and I, t- I said I was going to speak about the packaging. So um, it wasn't in a hard case. It was like a paper case that opened up, and a little baggie fell out. That, that was the actual packaging? Mm-hmm. A little okay. baggie fell out, that was like a small Ziploc bag where you would buy, like, th- they were pretending like it was a small thing of Coke, of right? Of course, crack, yeah. Crack. And it looked like uh, alum- uh, aluminum foil, Reynolds Wrap. And then that was the book. You open up the book, it would give you everything. Back oh. in the days when packaging was just was fucking immaculate. The but there's the outro. No words, nothing. Just fixed. So, let's get into this. I have a few categories that I had sent you, right? Yeah. And you're free to uh, obviously add any commentary you want about the album as well. We'll get to that. But I want to start out with this. And we're probably on the same page with this. But... Favorite beat on the album? See, I didn't want to go with Guess Who's Back because I felt okay. that was just so easy. And yeah. I like switching things up, right? Like, it's it's inevitable. that That is arguably, I mean, uh, curb appeal, so to speak, is sure. the best one. I actually ended up picking on my block. And, mm. like, and I truly mean it now because, like, I went back and listened to this multiple times when you sent me this yeah. uh, many, many weeks ago. And so, it, because it sounds like to me how I mentioned, like I don't listen or I don't watch music videos. Yeah. So I laughed when you said he's walking through the because in my I have it written here. <laughs> to me, it sounds like an intro to an '80s sitcom, and he's you know a product of the <laughs> yeah. '80s because he was born in '70s, I think. Yeah. Uh, but grew up in the '80s, where it's like cheery, it's an upbeat, you know, track kind of sound to it. Um, it sounds almost silly. Yeah. But he's giving you lyrics that are like really harsh in the ghetto conditions, right? Um, and it focuses on like. Nothing like there's no outside world. This is the only this world he knows. Yep. So he's just he makes the most of it by just browsing through the yeah the conditions and with a happy. So it's song. funny that you said that. I'm like oh, a okay, happy cool. instrument. Yeah. yeah, that's great. No, I it love reminds that. me of an '80s sitcom, like an intro. Yeah, that's you know. Just, Where they just keep the turning their heads up. and it's yeah. like starring uh, Suzanne Somers. But in this one, in the background, people are <laughs> and dying, Brad Jordan. You know? Yeah, Scarface. they're shooting up. You know, heroin. <laughs> that's what I. That's what I picture. That's I mean. So that's, that's very why similar. I to picked the video. it like the mo- The more I thought about it, it's not the funnest beat, but yeah. it's uh, the most. I don't vivid, I guess. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, I'm with that. I mean, I'm gonna cop out and do, you know, guess who's back because. I mean, it's just how can you hate this beat? It's just great, Kanye, early Kanye. Everything about early Kanye is my. It's hard to hate. It's hard. Yep. Um, Next up, and I think you kind of touched on this already, but any, and I, I don't know if I actually put this in the categories. So I feel you gave me a fifth one. But I don't remember if I wrote it down. So okay. I have the four topics you gave me. So I, th- this is one that may not be in there. But any song that you felt like maybe wasn't needed or that didn't really fit with the rest of the album. Oh, that's funny. I actually had that question specifically to discuss with you. But either it. Okay. Uh, it, this is nitpicking, really, because I, I agree. Yeah. I think every song on here is solid. Um, but I'd probably pick Someday. And I wouldn't okay. even necessarily get rid of it. But the only thing I would do is I don't like that they layer Faith Evans' voice. Mm. Uh, because I think... 
the sound of the song is really, really stripped and kind of like solemn. Yeah. So when they layer her voice, I think it like detracts from it. So I'd rather Got them you. be like if they only had her one voice. Yeah. And probably mid range octave, not like the higher voice. Mm-hmm. I feel it would have fit better, but okay. That's really nitpicky. That would I'm be the only that. song. Yeah, I'm with that. With someday, it, it's honestly like kind of like a lazy Neptune's beat too. It's smooth, but like if I'm Scarface, I'm like I need a Neptune's beat. Yeah. Fuck. To me though. I ain't the one is the one that doesn't necessarily fit. And I, I mean it doesn't fit because it's essentially the last song on the album. Like I think if they would have the placement of this song would have been like five or six or seven, okay. But the very last song, it's kinda like, man, we went through this whole ride of just really deep, crazy shit, and now it's kinda like just saying like I ain't the one. Alright, now we're gonna we're gonna end. What if that's his way to cope with that though? Could be. With the fix, you know? Just Could be. Contact high. You're right. I didn't think been about exposed that. To so much. So that was his way of being like, I have to kind of like lie to myself to just like let it all go and then refresh in the morning. Like that's why I said the Alfred Hitchcock, uh, Hitchcock yeah. concept. With the, where yeah. the same beat starts and finishes it. Okay, I'm gonna go to bed and rise up and do it all over again. Okay. You talked me out of it. You talked me out of it. Okay. It's a fucking perfect album. Yeah, again, I don't want to sound like those weird artsy, fartsy uh, people that read way too much into it, but that's just yeah. how I hear it. All right, next up, favorite feature. You, we we you kind of already talked about it, but it was the Nas, and mostly from the history perspective. I mean, lyrically, it's cool, but he didn't have as many bars as I'd like, right? Yeah. It, it was a short verse that he had, but because he was coming off of what? 2002 so before that was uh the album where he's like orange jump stillmatic right mm-hmm. where to me it was kind of a clumsy clunky album yeah um so this one uh, later that year actually he released uh godson which is one of my favorite Nas albums oh yeah so to me it was almost like a funny you know like redemption mm-hmm. where i don't He's not a huge failure but the idea that he came back with that verse where i said it's like pre-2000 yeah Nas. He lays down his verse. I wish it were longer, but it had the old elements of him. And then right. he has Godson, and I fucking love that album. Yeah. So it was like, and again, this is history perspective because I never heard of Scarface until 2006. I mean, I'm yeah. 16, so I had to go back and listen to it. When I listened to The Fix, now I'm like piecing all these things together mm-hmm. and thinking the Jay-Z beef with the Nas, that's epic. The fact that he's on a track. Yeah. And I mean, obviously the most marketable one is Jay-Z out of the two, even at this point. Right. Right. Cause Jay-Z's fresh off of, uh, the blueprint. blueprint. And then, you know, the next year he drops the black album and yep. we know, you know, he's retiring all that stuff. Yeah. So having those two icons clashing at the moment, set aside their difference just for the one guy. Yeah. is big. It's, so huge. it's more about the meaning behind it as opposed to the verse or the feature itself. Got gotcha. shining. I'm going to cop out again here. And I can't believe I'm saying it again, but Guess Who's Back is my favorite feature as a whole because this is like the Rockefeller that is like my favorite era of Rockefeller. Early Kanye, you got Jay, and then Beans. Beans was supposed to be like that. You know, they always said Memphis Bleak was the next one up, but Beans was the one until he got into all of his uh, issues. And then also like him and Scarface put out a bunch of really great work together after this. So again, have to cop out on that, but Guess Who's Back is mine now. Next up, favorite verse. This is the one I struggled with. Do you want to go first? or I'll go first, yeah. yeah. And uh, it's actually the song that you just talked about, but it's from uh, Nas's on In Between Us because this is just so, the way he comes in and he just rocks the whole thing, talking about getting his ass whooped, coming back the next night, it's not going to happen what happened last night, 
and then at the end, I'm gonna. I mean, you need to just go listen to the album if you, if people haven't heard this. But here we go. I don't respect killers. I respect OG knowledge. Code of the streets got new rules, but no guidance. Lessons detrimental to a young disciple. Focus. Take care of your brothers. Do as I do. Keep your enemies close where they can see you. It's not your enemy who gets you. It's always your own people. Jesus Christ. Very short verse, but that's my favorite. Yeah. Just speaking facts. It's hard to beat that one. Uh, I went back and forth between, I think it's the second verse in Keep Me Down, uh, and also verse two in What Can I Do. Um, And it's just because of the vivid pictures he paints, right? I'm trying to read through both to see which one I like better. I mean, this is the one that's just, he talks about the baby being born, taking his first breath, how great it is. And at the same time, another mother murders a kid. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, I'll pick that one. I think it's yeah. on its importance because obviously he was considered a dark guy, but yeah. it's kind of vulnerable if you think about it. He's supposed to be this hard guy, and he's talking about how oh, for sure. hopeless he feels. Uh, and then, like, he just finds his faith as a way to comfort him through the day, and that's the only thing he can do. Like, he has yeah. no other option other than that. Yeah. Um, so basically, you know how Jesus made, or Jesus, Kanye made the Jesus thing big? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Scarface kind of did it first, just not the same level. Yeah, yeah. But that's Absolutely. why I picked it, just because okay, he, I'm like, with paints, that. like, I'm people with have anxiety sure. now about the stuff he's just rapping about, what, 10 years ago? Yeah. 20 years ago? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Last one, last category, your favorite song as a whole, right? Beat, rhymes, everything. And I can go first if you would like. Uh, uh, I mean, up to you, but. Okay, uh, go ahead. Go it's ahead. definitely safe. Oof, okay. so you got the, go- the, the guitar, it's like rushed, you got yep. the brass. You got the scratchy sound, like it sounds mm-hmm. like it's a old LP type sound. Oh, that's, yep. um, and again, it sounds kind of desperate. He has no other options. So in the background, you got that high pitch. I lost everything I had. Mm-hmm. Just, you just heard it. Um, so it adds like sense of de- uh, desperation. Yeah. And so I think it sounds kind of motivational, right? It's like he just got up. He's got to go hustle now. Yeah. So that's why it's the first one. I think it kicks it off nicely. I love that. I love safe. It's. I mean, I love all, almost all these songs I love. Again, I ain't the one I could probably do without. Yeah. Plus, the chorus is a chant. So yeah, like, yeah. You know, chants are powerful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. My favorite would be the next song, In Cold Blood. And the reason being, like, you talk about the distortion of the needle hitting the record. The record's old. They're actually sampling that record. Kanye's going in, adding those drums, early Kanye. Scarface has really great bars, very descriptive, as he always is in everything. When We've talked about that a hundred times. Um, and just listening to it, his clothes reeking marijuana, cops roll up on us. <sighs> I mean, I don't smoke weed, but I've been in those situations <laughs> where my friends are partaking, and I smell like it. Yeah. And it's like, oh, if I get pulled over, it's a wrap. Um, but I love this. I love the whole album, but this... I mean, it does have that Kanye element where it's a multi-layered track where you hear all the different sounds and it just comes together somehow. He makes it all... It sounds chaotic, but it works. Yeah, it's beautiful. All right, we're going to wrap it up here. Is there anything else you wanted to say about this album? 20th anniversary, Scarface the Fix. Uh, I think topic-wise, people might find it to be, like, again, if you just read it, it's uh, narrow-minded in its topic, right? It's just kind of ghetto stuff. Uh, But the versatility shows in, like, the beats, his cadence... And I think what the thing he probably does better than probably any other hip-hop artist is how he changes his tone in the mm-hmm. songs, where in some of them he sounds depressed. Right. So, you, like, you get that and kind of, you know, it rubs off on you. Yeah. And then other ones where he sounds more upbeat, more uh, triumphant, a bit mm-hmm. more jubilant. So I think his 
vocal tone changes is what makes it refreshing. And obviously the beats, because he's got a good variety of producers on this one. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man, thank you. Before we go, where can people find you? Where can people tap into the Beans and Rice podcast? Yeah, just follow the Beans and Rice, and then it, inadvertently, if you want to follow me, I mean, I don't really, I'm not really super active on <laughs> yeah. it, but uh, so it's Beans with three Zs mm-hmm. and Rice Pod. Perfect. YouTube, uh, I enjoy watching the YouTubes. Obviously, you, you guys premiere those on Tuesdays. Yes. You can watch them whenever, though, and then also there's audio format as well. But you, I generally hear you say uh, you don't have to, but it's better to watch YouTube. And I, I, think I, so. I, I think so as well. Yeah. I think so as well. Again, the visual, the music video, as we talked about earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Will Wonder is for the people. I suggested him doing – I didn't call it the record shop, but I just said you need to have a segment of where you just do this. That's correct. You did it. Yeah. You, you, were, you, were the, you were my inspiration for this, and this is the – Fifth or sixth one I've done, and we're just going to continue to do them. They're good. and my favorite thing. So. Thank you, bro. Yeah. Uh, with that, here's a little preview into the next record shop. We'll see you all next time. Peace. Yo, yo. I go by the name of Pharrell from the Neptune. All right. I've got my guy, Host, a.k.a. the Butter Pecan. Puerto Rican. <laughs> from the Beans and Rice podcast. We just gave you the record shop for Scarface's The Fix. Right now what we're going to do, so my guy host was on the the original, the very first Will Wonder Pod hurdle with his beans and rice crew, and unfortunately they didn't do great. No. Uh, you gave us difficult ones, though, I'm not going to lie, because <laughs> I've heard almost every other episode, and I usually at least myself get six. There you go. A minimum on the other ones, so... All you have to do is beat seven. Let me update the God, leader. Right. That's so much pressure. I, I don't know if I'll get the redemption, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because that. Let's see. You uh, beans and rice. Yes, you're currently in last place. It's with seven out of fifteen. So just to refresh people's minds, I know you know how this game goes, but for those who don't, I play one second of a song. If you can't get artist and title in that one second, I can go to three, then to five. If you can't get it by then, no point. If you can get artist and title, point. Just artist, no point. It's just how it works. Unless there's a super hard one, and I think, okay, I don't even know the artist, then maybe we can work something. Is it just the beginning of the song that you play? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we'll start now. The first song I'd like to do, uh, as I say, a softball. <laughs> we'll see if it's a I softball. I hope it's a softball. I, I, I oh, believe man, I'm going to walk our, out of here embarrassed. I believe from our conversations, this should be a softball. I hope so. And now if it's not, maybe I have to edit this part out. I don't know. Again, we'll I don't see. like editing. So, the first song, one second, actually. Let me make sure I get this all where it needs to be. All right, one second. Here we go. Uh, this is Oye Mi Canto, Nori, Daddy Yankee, and uh, what's the other guy's? Something Star? Uh, he had like two, yeah, two songs. Gem Star, yeah, Gem Star. Yeah, I don't, I, you know, you got Nori. That's close enough. Yeah, also, Nina, Nina Sky. Sky. Yeah. They took Tego out of the song. Tego yeah. was in the original. He was too expensive. So Daddy Yankee mm. stepped in because he was cheaper. There we go. Perfect. You are one for one, my friend. Congratulations. Super, <laughs> super easy. At least the first on one. On the first one. The second one, uh, again, from our conversations, I don't think it'll be too difficult for you, but we'll see. Here it goes. One second. Oh, Tarzan Boy, Baltimore. There you go. Two. Uh, that's probably my favorite two. 80s song. <laughs> oh, it's my son's favorite 80s song. It's a good song. He doesn't know it's from the 80s, though, but you know what I mean? It's his yeah. favorite, one of his favorite songs right now. Next up. Again, and, and to remind everybody listening and you, these are all different genres. Yeah. So it's all over the place. Next song, one second. 
I want it that way. Backstreet Boys. <laughs> Look at you. I will admit these are softballs. Uh, they are. Fair. They are. Yeah. We're, it's going to get harder. I promise. I'm but sure. right now, three for three for my guy hosts. Here's the fourth one. Oh, it's, uh, I know it's Meek Mill and Drake. What's the name of the song? Back home smoking legal. <laughs> I got more slaps than the Beatles. What is the name of the song? I can't think of the song. That's the hard part. I'm going I'm to go to five just to let you think about it. Maybe it'll come to you in the five seconds. Yeah. Probably not because that's five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> the fun, I, can, I can say almost the whole first yeah. verse, but I can't think of the, the chorus to think of the yeah. damn name. Take a shot at it, you know what I mean? But unfortunately, I can't give hints. That would be cheating on me. Still going bad on him anyway. I, uh, do, I, I hate the fact that, I, I mean, I actually used to work out to that song, but I'll take the L on that one. No guess? It's not back-to-back. I don't know why I keep thinking back-to-back. That it's was very similar towards, beat. Yeah, yeah to, to but, me, yeah. Yeah. Now this is the one that me copped on. I can't guess. Go ahead. I'm okay. drawing a complete blank. You're going to be upset with yourself because you said it. It's going bad. Of course. Make Mill and Of drink. course. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was like. You don't even want to guess. Oh, man. All right. Here we go. Such bullshit. <laughs> Next song. Here we go. Three, two, one. All right. I'm going to need more than that. Okay. It sounds familiar, but. Three seconds. Here we go. All right. Is this Limp Biscuit? You want the full five? I to, guess. Okay, here we go. All right, partner. Keep on rolling, baby. You know what time it is. Do I doubt? I don't know why I'm thinking Limp Biscuit. <laughs> okay. I don't think Urban Assault Vehicle starts that way, but maybe that'll be my guess because I, I I won't be able to guess it. Okay, so Limp Biscuit, Urban Assault Vehicle. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is Limp Biscuit rolling. Air raid vehicle, very close. The, oh, the uh, remix to Roland, the urban assault vehicle yes. with uh, Method Man and Red Man. DMX. All Damn. Yep. Okay. You were close. So right now you are three, one, two, three five. out of five. So next song, here we go. I can see, he sing the song too. Uh oh. <laughs> but I don't. know. I can't even get it. I. No. No, I don't even know the name of the person that does okay. it. Okay, this is tough because this was her one hit. It's Luma D, Never Leave You, or you could have just said, uh-oh, uh-oh. Is well, the... I guess I would have maybe gotten the title, but I would yeah. never have guessed Luma D. Next up, three, two, one. One, two, three, four. Ten Crack Commandments, Biggie Smalls? That is correct. Yeah. There you go. You redeemed yourself there. One, two, three, four out of seven, right? One, two, three. It's a good beat, actually. Four. Yes, four out of seven. Oh, great. Great beat. All right, next up. Here we go. It's the Jitterbug, but I don't know the name of the person that sings it. (laughs) You want the full five? You can think about it. It's not going to give me the name of the artist. Um, Is it a group or is it like a guy? I can't name? even. I can't do it. I can't Damn, give yeah, any. You're fine. I, you're, I, I won't guess it. I'm L pass. I'll take the L. So this is Wham. Wake me up before you go go. Yeah, 
Yeah. Jitterbug. I know. It throws. I'm like, why did they say Jitterbug at the beginning of the song? Is Wham the name of the band too? Or, yeah. Or, okay. George Michael was in Wham. So. Yeah, whatever. Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. Fuck them. <laughs> All right, next up. Three, two, one. Sounds like a Timbaland beat. I'm going to need more, though. Okay. It's definitely a Timbaland <laughs> beat. I don't know what the song is, though. All right, let's go to five. I want to say no. That's not an Aaliyah song, is it? This is frustrating. I can probably <laughs> sing most of these songs, but I can't yeah. think of the names and stuff. But anyways, okay. <clears throat> this is Jada Kiss and Bubba Sparks. God they ain't it. ready. Now I thought this was going to be easy is, yeah. because you put or oh, someone man. put it on your guys's. Uh, it was beefy. Pro, okay, this is your on your pr- promo for your show tonight. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's fine. Swat, that was that was smooth that you put that in there. We have six more songs. Okay, you've gotten one, two, three, four correct. You can still get to ten. I could sing like two or three more of them, but <laughs> that's, a, that's nah, true. Man, such bullshit. All right, again, we're all over the place as far as genres go. So here's the next one. Three doors down. I want to say Superman, and I'll lock that in. Lock it in. Yeah. Lock three it doors in. down, Superman. Yeah. Kryptonite is the name of the song. Sorry. What do you want to lock in? (laughs) Kryptonite, because they say that a lot. Okay. Kryptonite. So three doors down, Kryptonite. I'm glad you stopped me because, yes, it is three doors down, Kryptonite. I was going to be like, shit, you were so close. Yes, three doors down, Kryptonite. Song came out when I was in ninth grade. Big, big, big hit. Every kid that learned the guitar always strummed this. Mm. Yeah. I should have learned the guitar. Uh, All right. Next up. Three. Two, one. I can see the album too. Play more of it, please. Classic. That is correct. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I had to think about it a little bit. There that, you go. That one was a, a huge burden for me. If I got that wrong, I would I know, left. I was going to say, you left. might not be able to go back yeah. to the island. <laughs> <laughs> if, any of one, if anyone heard this out there. All right, next up. Here we go. I'm going to need more. Okay, three seconds. I'll get the full five. Here goes the five. Is that uh, MJB? I give up. I don't just don't want to waste time. So okay, I, we'll, no, we you're can fine. Through these, yeah. One in a million, Aaliyah. Damn it! I thought when you said the Timbo stuff earlier, is this an Aaliyah? I was like, okay, yeah. he's gonna get. Okay, it's okay. We have three more. Three more. Now, I don't give hints. We have five, right? Uh, let's see. You got Tago. Oh, I have six. Kryptonite. Yeah. Ten Crack Commandments. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I want it that way. Tarzan Boy. Oh, yeah, me canto. You have seven. So you're tied. Okay, cool. You're tied with your score oh, that's before. That's fair enough for me. Okay. This one's hard. 
this next one's hard, and I'm just I'm just keeping it a buck. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> Here we go. One second. Rock. It's rock from the dynasty. Play more. Three seconds. I want to say Memphis Bleak is on this track too. Give me five just in case. I, I don't think I'll be able to get the damn song. Though. Five seconds. Here we go. Damn. Is this, this on the is, Dynasty album or no? Well, I mean, this is very that. hard. This is a deep, deep <sighs> cut. Yeah, this is, but that's from that era then at least. And because that's obviously, I'm going to say that's way before. Well, maybe it's before Blueprint. Anyway, I I won't get it. This is very hard. <clears throat> it's Lobster and Scrimp, Jay Z and Timbaland. It was supposed to be on um, uh, Volume Three, if I remember correctly. Five times, okay. And it didn't. It wasn't on there, and it ended up being on an album called Tim's Bio by Timbaland. Okay. And it was an it was a bonus song on uh, one of Jay's greatest hits compilations i don't remember which it's one. like dear summer where he let that be on memphis bleak album yeah exactly yeah lobster and scrimp i didn't know i, I was like ah that's a tough one but we got to go deep we that's go real fair deep. enough all right next up we have two more left you just got to get one more to beat your old score it's fine the brain trust of of uh beans and rice <laughs> <laughs> here we go three two one we built this city. Oh, you really had to play this um, we built this city. I believe is the name of the song. And why can't I think of the damn band name? And these are like those old school rock uh, rock bands. It's not ACDC. It doesn't sound like them at all. I don't want to say it's Journey. I'll play it while you're think while you're talking it through. I can't think of this band. I can think of Chicago. I can even <laughs> sing a couple Chicago songs. Eagles. Um, I don't care for Rolling Stones, but I know that's not Rolling Stones. Yeah, yeah. I just have to take a loss on that one, too. Starship. Of course, it's some stupid-ass name. You know, I, the re, I mean, obviously, I had heard this song as a kid, but what brought me back and knowing the actual band name would have been when the Diplomats uh, sampled, or I guess Heatmakers sampled it for Diplomatic Community. I know these because my brother likes the classic rock, so I can mm. usually sing the songs, but like as far as names and info, I, yeah. I don't really have them. Last one here. Okay. No beat, pressure. Beat the brain trust of the beans and rice pod. Last time. Here we go. Three, two, one. Oh, uh, Sola, Hector, El Father. God super easy. damn. There you go. I was going to say it was going to be another one where you couldn't go back Dude, home. You couldn't leave the island without hearing that song when you <laughs> dropped that album. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. All right, bro. Thank you very much. I appreciate you. Thank you for doing the record shop, the Scarface yeah, record shop. For sure. And uh, I'm, just, I'm just happy you beat, you know what I'm saying, Beans I and Rice. Too. I'm happy you do the record shop. That's my favorite segment. Um, Thank you. So... I always I look forward to listening to those. We'll have to do a deep dive in some classic reggaeton album. I'm I'm game. I have a lot of information. Okay, maybe I'll have you host it, and I'll, <laughs> I'll give the commentary. Okay. <laughs> All right, bro. Thank you. Yeah.
I wonder for this week, if you turn on the news, whatever you watch, I, I tend to listen to NPR to get my news. Uh, some people watch CNN. Some other people, for whatever reason, watch Fox News. Some people watch MSNBC. Some people just watch their local news. Some people read newspapers. But besides monkeypox, what you're reading about, hearing about, watching is the talk on inflation. So I wondered, how, how does inflation work? And also, I, I understand we're at a very high point percentage-wise in 2022. But what does that look like on, in the grand scheme of things? Let's say since, I don't know, 1960. So how does inflation work? This is from Investopedia.com. <laughs> inflation represents the rate at which the cost of goods and services increase over a period of time. Simple enough. Now they have three different uh, reasons for inflation. Demand pull. So when demand for goods and services exceeds production and capacity. So, oh, the example they give here, exclusive sneakers, $100. Nope, 150, everybody wants them. Okay, great. I don't think we can really put that into terms of all different goods and services, right? Cost push is another pillar. When production costs increase prices, okay, that makes sense. People wanting to get paid more. Uh, COVID did a lot to affect supply chains. Makes sense there. Cost push. There's also built-in inflation. When the prices rise, wages rise too in order to maintain living costs. We got to make money. Prices of those products, of, of what we sell, or the companies we work for, whatever they put out, how they make their money, those prices go up, those contracts, the software, the goods, in order for uh, pay to go up. Companies need to be competitive, need to raise their prices to bring in the best talent. So there's a lot of different things that go into inflation. Now, again, going back to, okay, where do we stand compared to, you know, 1960? So it's kind of scary right now, right? June 2022, inflation accelerates to 9.1%, exceeding forecasts. A lot of people predicting a recession. I don't know enough about that, and I'm not the guy to go to for that information. But when we look in the past, in 2021, 4.7%. We've doubled that, essentially. Seems to stay between 2 to 3 to 4%. Went to 5%, 5.4 in 1990. Then we're in the 80s. What, what was everyone doing in the early 80s to, to make this happen? Actually, I'm going to say the 70s. Seven, 1974, 11.05%. 75, 9.14. 76, 5.74. We get some normal times. 78, 7.63. 1979, 11.25% inflation. 1980, 13.55. Then we get a... Deep decrease, probably not as steep as some people would want. 10.33 in 1981, all the way down to 6.13, all the way down to 6.13 in 82. Then you get back to that 3.21 in 1983, and then from there, it just kind of goes the highest again, 1990, 5.4, and then where we're at now. So I'm not an economist. A lot of the economists are saying that there's signs of a recession coming. But when you look at inflation in the grand scheme of things, it is high. There's got to be multiple reasons for it. 
I wonder what those reasons are, right? We went through the three pillars. There's going to be more to that, obviously. A lot of people will blame politicians, will blame uh, the president, will blame a number of different things. But I think when you break it down and you, you really start to understand the main pillars of inflation coming off of a major pandemic, in a sense, it makes sense. But it sucks because everything is that much more expensive. All right. Thank you guys very much for listening. Again, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, if you enjoy this podcast, please go to Apple Podcasts. I said podcast about 17 times there, it feels like. Uh, And rate five stars, review the podcast. That takes maybe 30 seconds of your time. If you listen on Spotify, all you got to do is rate five stars. That's very quick. I appreciate you all for listening. Follow the podcast <laughs> Jesus. on Instagram at the Will Wonder Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at DJ Will Wonder. If you are in Utah this fall, we're getting really close to it. Pay attention. Vote out Mike Lee, please. And we will see you all next week. Peace. Please subscribe, write, and review. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. Peace out.